Right. Welcome back, everybody. CFFL HQ podcast. Today is Friday, July 28th, 2023, which means we are three weeks from the official kickoff of CFFL draft weekend. And we've gotten a lot of the series out of the way, the memory of series, metrics that matter. Um, we've discussed some of the storylines of yesteryear. Now we're going to take a look, a little sneak peek into what we have for this upcoming season. Um, I'll be spreading these out, but I don't know if this is going to be part of an official series or if it's just something that we'll just put out as, as random topics, but a little bit more open, just to kind of talk about whatever draft weekend, as we said, is in three weeks and pretty much everything is done. So you will see if you go to cffldraft.com, you'll see everything from a Google side uh, that uses all the information that Brian put in there and it should be ready to go off of that data that it's live it's dynamic. It will update anything and everything under the sun from here on out. And just looking through some of the players, some of the rosters, we start to get kind of a little understanding of where some of the teams are at. Like one of the all going all the way back to when first opened this up, I did not realize that Pino did not draft Drake May. So he is out there as one of the better quarterbacks. You have him, you have Michael Penix um, as quarterbacks. Aronde Gadsden is projected to be the number one most valuable player in the draft. And one of the things that we did this year, uh, previously we listed everything off of points per game. We've kind of shifted it now to war so that the players at the top are likely the players adding the most value. Where before, it was all quarterbacks based off points per game. It didn't necessarily... So, like, a lot of your best players were in the 100s, um, maybe, like, 75 or 80 as the master number because even the best running backs didn't average as many points per game as quarterbacks. So now that's one of the things that when you see a number... The player number, if you're picking a player set, like the players at the top should go really quick now. And that wasn't the case with what we had before. So if a player is ranked 20th overall, if they're a player number 20, they're probably going to go in the first round because some of the players in front of them are claimed. But when we look at the projected wars of some of the players here, and I mean, we've done a really good job as a league. Aronde Gadsden, number one, war 4.9 projection. And again, these projections take them for what they're worth. And I did, I was going to do like 30 minutes of research on undrafted players and who is added value. That turned into about 30 seconds just because I don't know, I had a million things come up and I just didn't get to that even though I wanted to, but there was one player on there who did stand out. Kevin B uh, grabbed Tony Horton, undrafted free agent last year. Everyone else was pretty much junk. 
So I don't know what that means for JH and Franco because they have no one on their team right now. Um, they will get to fill out their teams entirely after the draft before anyone else gets to pick up a player. So draft picks may be a little bit more of a premium this year. That would be the only impact with two new owners is that if you don't grab them in the draft, you may not be able to grab them overall, or it's going to be more, I, I guess you probably can. We don't have too much overlap with um, the preseason free agency process, but there's less of a likelihood that you're going to secure the player that you want in preseason free agency than in past years. I guess that's the best way of putting it. But if you look at the top of the board here, Rondé Gadsden, who I know nothing about, I have absolutely no clue who this individual is. Allegedly, he is a tight end at Syracuse. And he is supposed to get 60 receptions, 906 yards, seven touchdowns from the tight end position, which would give him a 4.9 war. And I'm glad that doesn't say five because I would be offended by that because we only have one person who's ever had a five war in this league, as I've said on probably 11 podcasts, and that is the late, great Colt Prennan. But let's play it out for a second. If you could get that production, he's worth the first pick in the draft. It's not even close. You take that. The question is, is he really going to get that production, or is he going to be two for 24 and a touchdown every month? And then all of a sudden, you've squandered a tremendous opportunity with the first pick. But if you tell me that you can get that value added at the tight end position, take him. Not even close. I've been staring at this stuff since Christmas, well, actually since Thanksgiving. Uh, I can tell you without a doubt right now, if you can get 4.9 war from a Rondé Gadsden, take him. By the way, mad shout out to Brian G for getting uh, the high school class in here for a lot of these players. It, I kind of think that that's what some of these sites need to go to now. Because who knows what a freshman versus a sophomore versus a junior is anymore. But uh, getting some of those high school name uh, years in there, that's certainly a plus. Sorry about that. I had a little uh, breakfast served to me here. So Caleb Williams, two. Brock Bowers, three. Austin Reed, four. Brandt Kuthi, tight end, five. Benjamin Urasek, tight end, Stanford, six. Marvin Harrison Jr., seven. All unavailable. Your best players available are Rondé Gadsden, 4.9 war. Drake May at a two war. Interesting. They don't like Drake May as much. I don't know. I don't know what to think of Drake May. If Drake May had a season, if he would have like got uh, COVID or something with three weeks left to go in the season and he didn't play those games, I would have said he would have been the undoubted number one player in the draft this year. I don't know. Michael Penix reviving his career at Washington after uh, playing at Indiana. He's up there. Uh, Brady Hunt, tight end, Ball State. Rasheen Ali. First pick last year. He's up there with Christian. He's supposed to have a bounce back year. Good work. So when we look at the best overall players, let's take a look here. Gadsden, Drake May, Mike Penix, Brady Hunt, 
RJ Maryland from SMU. Those are your five best players. Three tight ends, two quarterbacks. Terrell Vaughn, um, sixth. Utah State wide receiver. First running back that we get is Quinshawn Jukins from Ole Miss. He's around a one war. Okay, so there's there's good players out there. And I wanted to do this one on the heels of the last podcast where we talked about war. You're not going to get a bunch of three, two and three war players. And just know how inaccurate this list is. This is projections, and that's not a slight on the guy putting it out. I mean, you could take the best statistical models in the world and you could put that um, put – out something that's going to be accurate between transfers, injuries, coaching philosophies. There's a million things that will throw off projections. So I'm not saying it from that perspective, but you're not going to get you're not going to get two players who get a four war this year. Most of your players are going to be in the ones. Your best players are going to be in the ones, which they have uh, projected here. So, who has the best team? Mm. If you look at who, you're not going to play a player with a considerably negative war, okay? If you take from a minus one war, which sometimes you have to play those players, okay? And you say, well, why would I play that? Well, you don't know what they're performance is going to be like before you play them sometimes you're going to have underperformance that happens okay so if we're going to take a look at it from two measures here if we take a look at it from players who simply have a zero or plus four i guess we could take it from that that just may be easier algae has the best team and algae was put on notice with one of the very first podcasts this is a year for him to make a run. He's got Caleb Williams. Do something with that. But it's not just Caleb Williams. He also has. Uh, looking at some of the algae players on here, he also has Corey, I don't know how you say this guy's name, Deshays. Sounds good enough to me. He has Jaheim Bell, Florida State tight end, who transferred from uh, South Carolina. So, really, he's got the tight end, quarterback position ready to go. He's your preseason favorite. Someone said, tell me who your preseason favorite is to win the title. It's him. It's Al G. Brian S., second-best roster coming back. Almost six, uh, six war on his roster right now. And, again, the, the theme here that you're seeing at the top is that you see quarterbacks, you see teams who have their quarterbacks locked up. Austin Reed, Western Kentucky, he's ready to roll for Brian S. KCG, number three. He's got Brock Bowers, the wonder kid at tight end. Um, he has the third best team come back. Kind of exciting here to see some of these uh, newer teams at the top here. Now, again, it doesn't mean that these guys are going to do as well as they're projected, but you got to project someone to be good and someone not to be good. And it's kind of exciting. So your top three teams right now, 
and don't look now who number fourth is. We're all we've all been sleeping on him since he got that jacket. The mafiosa himself, Christian M. 3.9 war. Number five, Kevin B. Three and a half war. Number six, Paul L. 3.2 war. Number seven, Brian G. 2.8 war. Number nine, Pino. Number uh, at 2.8. Jeremy at 2.6 at number 10. Okay. So he basically has Marvin Harrison. You always got to look out where Jeremy is. All right. Marvin Harrison Jr. projected a 2.1 war. So that's his, that's his big player coming back. Uh, at number, after that, we got uh, Bobby with a two war, Brad A at 1.6, the commission at 1.3, Justin at 1.2, Brian R at one, and then Frank and Jay with no one on their uh, rosters. Okay. To me, it's kind of exciting to see some new names at the top here. It's put up or shut up time. You look at that top of the group. I mean, Al, Brian, Casey, Christian, Kevin, Paul. Sounds like disciples in the Bible. Um, though That's new blood at the top outside of Christian. But as, as, as quick as he wanted, as quick as he was in the cellar again. So a lot of the the old establishment kind of buried at the bottom there. All right. Brad, uh, even gosh, I mean, Brian G's in a decent spot. He's right in the middle, but you got like Jeremy at 2.6, Brad at 1.6, Kamish at 1.3, Justin at 1.2, Jay with nothing. Like that's, that's some former, that's some yesteryear CFFL title winners with not as much talent on the roster. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be good. It's just when someone says coming in draft weekend, and that's kind of the, you know the high level questions. We don't get too nerdy with it. It's like, well, who's got the roster coming back? Al and Brian, probably Brian has probably your two best rosters just because they're taken care of at the most important positions. Casey has as good a player coming back as anybody, but you just never know what if they start to run the ball a little bit more or something like that. Uh, his best quarterback coming back is Jaden Daniels, LSU. I don't know how you feel about that. Will Rogers had a good season last year. Actually, had a really good season. They're not projecting him to do as well, though. I wonder why that's the case. I mean, Will Rogers had an actually really good year last year. I don't know. I guess the stat nerds don't like him as much as um, maybe as much as his previous performance. But a lot of Casey's players there, a lot of his returning talent, he's got two major players coming back. Brock, uh, Brock Bowers, who's all world, and then Tyron Smith, wide receiver at UTEP. Those are the two big players coming back for Casey, which gives him that third ranking there uh, as best team coming back. But right now, if you're looking at established rosters, now the problem with Brian Ness is he's moved some draft capital around and probably doesn't have as much draft capital as he would need unless he's going to keep making some deals, which I'm always in favor of. He doesn't have a third. He doesn't have a first 
or a third round pick. But he's got the he's got the most important position taken care of. You know, just de-emphasize the bundles a little bit. You can get some of that, that capital back. But looking at it today, there is nobody like Algie is your favorite to win the CFFL title. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but he is the favorite. Let's see how he handles the season of expectations. Right, Al? Um, just really excited. I, I want to break a record for the draft. I love the draft weekend, but I don't love a long draft. I don't want to, you know, trying to stay away from the five, six-hour draft. I think we broke a record last year. We were under four. I think we can get through this thing in three, three and a half hours. I'm that confident this year. But we'll have to see. Could go to adding two new teams in. But I do think I'm very excited about the seamlessness of all this this year. That's just me. Um, There may be a few tweaks left. Uh to some of the data that we put out, but otherwise I think we're in a really good spot. I kind of alluded to that in the last podcast that it's all just sitting there. You just call out the number. Everything will update. doesn't matter if you jump in the pool for a few picks. You'll see everything right there for you. Who's available. You can have your roster open and hopefully, and then you learn a little bit about each owner. That one, it's crazy it is, that actually took more time than anything was going through. And there's three ways in the in the playoffs. Gosh, those are ruthless to like have to calculate all that. Um, it's not easy. There's no easy way to program or code that. But yeah, I feel as good from a housekeeping standpoint as I have with this probably – in six, seven years. So hopefully that means it. it's a pretty relaxing weekend. Drafting a lot of maybe they'll uh, be historical players and see what happens from there. That's that's the most important thing is just have fun with it. Um, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into some of the available players into – what some rosters could look like and some of the players that each specific owner has coming back. Also maybe do a little schedule unveil for each owner, but really if you know from this podcast that Al, Brian S, Casey G, Christian M and Kevin B and Paul L, those are your six owners right now that have the best returning rosters before the draft. And there's going to be some pressure on them to perform this year. There's only one jacket in that group. That'd be a good bet. What would the line be on one of those six winning it all? I don't know. 
Maybe I'll figure out some odds. Put that in uh, one of our preview episodes here. But that's what you need to know. People at the bottom, the commish, Justin B, Brian R, who's picking first. So that number should really jump really quick. You know, he takes Gadsden. All of a sudden, instead of having one, he's got 5.9. So that could help him out. And then you got Frank and Jay, which, again, I don't think they're in a position where they can't win it, especially where they get to add in whatever talent they need that they maybe missed out in the draft. They get that immediate uh, filling of the roster um, preseason. Okay. We are going to call that there. We'll be checking in with a lot of these. Hopefully, it's I'm going to try to get one, two of these up a day, so there's just a ton of content for you to consume. You're driving in your car, going on your summer trip, or just cr- killing some time or whatever. But, uh, yeah, we'll keep this going. Excited to see everyone soon and excited to get football back uh, in the very near future here. Okay? Take care, everyone. Be talking to you. All the best.